The world is more complex than ever. Who can make sense of it? Join Reverend Michael Angley Oguche on NUMA Podcast each week as he shows you how God's Word connects directly to your life in this age and helps you navigate trials and tribulations. If you want to deepen your relationship with God and learn what He has in store for you, listen and subscribe to NUMA Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Just search for NUMA Podcast. Hello and welcome to NUMA Podcast with the Reverend Michelangeli Oguche, bringing your way today the inspired Word of God, and I hope you will be blessed. Thank you for joining this podcast. The text today is taken from the Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 12, verse 13 to 21. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich toward God. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, thank you again for this time that you have given to us, a time to be able to bring your word to the world. I ask, O Lord, that you bless the sound of my voice and that my listeners, O God, will be blessed. Father, help us to be wise in the knowledge of God and not in our own understanding. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. The title for this podcast is The Rich Wise Fool. The Rich Wise Fool This title is clearly an oxymoron and could easily be misconstrued as a lack of proper handling or understanding of the English language. But please, exercise a little patience with me as I unpack. First, the scripture says in Psalm chapter 14 verse 1a, The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. This is so true for the world we live in today, an insatiable consumer-driven society. This societal algorithm now exists in the four cardinal points of the earth. It exists in countries where poverty or affluence thrive supreme. The status quo compels people to think that all that matters in this life is 
to accumulate or amass even what is not needed. To make matter worse, the media tells us what we need by systematically engineering our minds until subtle greed becomes our normal. Things were not always this way. For example, when I was growing up in Africa, I did not know that we were poor. Of course, I knew that some families had cars and live in big houses and their children had sleek, fancy little toy cars and ate succulent biscuits, which for me was a luxury. My dad was a soldier. He provided a minimalist lifestyle for us. I made my own toy cars from guinea corn stalks and empty tins of powdered milk and it was sufficient enough to enjoy play with my peers. We didn't have TV and even when we have the privilege to watch one it was black and white and sometime with a four colored plastic screen cover to give it a distorted color look. Smartphones only existed in the minds of great scientists at that time. But I had great times in the boy scouting activities such as camping and hiking. Those were great days and to crown it all, mom was an avid storyteller. She brings those seemingly inanimate and distant characters alive with great expertise. Today, however, modern gadgets have been given that role. We have minimal time for human interactions. We outsource our storytellers to the likes of J.K. Rawlings of this world to feed our minds while they make their millions in money. It seems that money and material possessions are so important today as they have always been and it has even continued to be used by the system of this world as standard for judging social class and in the extreme as a sign of God's blessings and favor. There is no denying that whilst the Bible made unambiguous reference to money or wealth, many times these references were mostly caveats about the temptation of turning wealth into objects of worship. Remember God's command in Exodus chapter 20 verse 4 says this, Do not make idols that look like anything in the sky or on earth or in the ocean under the earth. What does this mean to you or me today? Talking about money and more so from the pulpit is not the most comfortable thing to do as it stimulates different sentiments with people and sometimes anxiety and worry. Yet it is an important subject because money is so important to everyone. We all use money. Even the Queen of England, with her photo plastered on every pound and penny, still have her very own cash machine at the Buckingham Palace. This is surprising to most people because the Queen of all people should not be lacking anything, talkless of cash, like normal, ordinary people. But you know what? She does. In our text from Luke today, a person in the crowd who was having a problem of equitable distribution of family inheritance got Jesus' attention 
and needed a judicious arbitration from a figure like Jesus Christ. But instead of intervening, Jesus seized the opportunity to address the issue of money frontally from a different but more serious perspective. And for this complainant and other listeners to see the bigger picture, which is the kingdom of God. This is implicitly because a clearer picture of things will always diminish a myopic point of view. In other words, if you focus your attention on all that is God, you will see that whatever that is on this side of eternity is incomparable with what's on the other side. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9 to 11. But as the scripture says, no eyes have ever seen and no ear has ever heard and it has never occurred to the human heart all the things God prepared for those who love him. God has shown us these profound and startling realities through his spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep mysteries of God, who can see into a man's heart and know his thoughts. Only the Spirit that dwells within the man. In the same way, the thought of God are known only by his Spirit. So you see here, the things that we see on this side is nothing comparable. In John chapter 14, Jesus told us of many mansions for you and for me. So those things that we see here are incomparable. Think about the street of gold, street paved with gold and crystal river. These things blow my mind and I can't wait to see them. But our mind cannot, not even Hollywood can fathom what is in store for us. And that's why Jesus found it necessary to address the complaint away from earthly inheritance to heavenly inheritance. That is more serious. That's more important for us as people of God. Jesus Christ is not one that gives a yes or no answer. But he sure understands how to use his opportunities like this one. So, instead of responding with one of those relevant texts from the Pentateuch, he responded as he did, and it was apt for his primary listeners as it is for us today. Now, let us continue with the the line of Jesus' thought. As I mentioned earlier, we live in a consumer-driven world, and as a result, we see life from different angles depending on the spectrum that you are on. What may be a good life for one person may not be for the other. Earlier, I told you how I was oblivious of my own circumstances and made do with what was provided by my dad and never seek anything outside our reach. Jesus knew that riches promised to satisfy, but when he comes, it never would. And that was the case of the rich farmer in his story. Only God can satisfy our yearnings. No amount of wealth can. That is why we need more and more of Jesus Christ. And this is also about our relationship with God. 
This is Numa Podcast with the Reverend Michelangeli Oguche. God bless you. Keep listening. No wonder Jesus asked us not to worry. He said this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 26 uh, to 34. Look at the birds in the sky. They do not store food for winter. They don't plant gardens. They do not sow or reap. And yet, they are always fed because your heavenly Father feeds them. And you are even more precious to him than a beautiful bird. If he looks after them, of course, he will look after you too. Worrying does not do any good. Who here can claim to add even an hour to his life by worrying? Nor should you worry about clothes. Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow. They do not work or weave or sew, and yet their garments are stunning. Even King Solomon, dressed in his most regular uh, garbs, was not as lovely as these lilies. And think about grassy field. The grasses are here now, but they will be dead by winter. And yet God adorns them so radiantly. How much more will he clothe you? You of little faith, you who have no trust. So, do not consume yourself with questions. What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? Outsiders make themselves frantic over such questions. They don't realize that your heavenly father knows exactly what you need. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things will be given to you too. So do not worry about tomorrow. Let tomorrow worry about itself. Living faithfully is large enough tax for today. Some of us are so good spending our hours worrying about unnecessary things. But if we can reverse those hours into worshiping God, it will do us much, much good than when we worry. Those who make wealth their God live their lives worrying about their future, about more and more and insanely about not losing what they have already accumulated. Those who are poor, however, worry only about survivor right here, right now. For example, the homeless on the other hand only have to worry about surviving for one more day. The earth has enough in it for equitable distribution, but human greed will not allow for that. The word shalom is not just peace in Hebrew, but it means the abundance of God's generosity and justice for all. And that is the real wealth we're talking about today. Not the one you store in the bank, not the one that you keep in the banks, not the one that you hide away in your closet. 
This is why the Bible admonishes us with the following words in Matthew chapter 6 verse 19 to 21. Don't lay up treasures for yourselves on the earth where moth and rot consume and where thieves break through and steal but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consume and where thieves don't break through and steal for where your treasure is there your heart will be also the story from our gospel reading also speaks to how we act with the resources we have. The way we handle our wealth demonstrates our relationship with God. It shows what we believe about the source of the wealth that we have. But child of God, we must never forget what 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 7 said. It says this, Is there any reason to consider yourself better than others? What do you have that you didn't receive? If you receive it as a gift, why do you boast like it is something you achieved on your own? You see, sometimes we think that we did what was right. That's why we got the money we have. That's why we're so rich. We're so smart than every other person. But remember that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happeneth to them all. Ecclesiastes 9.11 It's not yours to boast. If you must boast, then boast in Jesus Christ. At this point, this story also reminds us that we can use our position and wealth for the good of others just as joseph did in egypt in egypt joseph filled the bands with food for the whole nation and beyond and maybe this is where we got our idea of food bank from in comparison the rich wise but foolish fellow in Jesus's story did the opposite of what Joseph did. He often thought to himself, I have a problem here. I don't have anywhere to store all my crops. What should I do? I know I will tear down my small bands and build even bigger ones and then I will have plenty of storage place for my grains and all my other goods. Then I will be able to say to myself, I have it made. I can relax and take it easy for years. So I will just sit back and eat, drink and have a good time. I call this fellow a rich wise fool because he had the wisdom of this world but lacks the understanding of God lacks the understanding of who is truly in charge. He lacks the understanding of who provides in the first instance. He was overtaken by greed and thought only of himself. So while in the eyes of men he was very rich and wise, in the sight of God he was a very poor soul. Another interesting thing is that that night, that night, 
while he was reminiscing the scripture tells us in the book of Luke chapter 12 verse 20 to 21 then God interrupted the man's conversation with himself excuse me mister but your time has come tonight you will die this night you will die this night your life will be required of you so now who will enjoy everything you have earned and served this is how it will be for people who accumulate huge assets for themselves but have no assets in relation to god my brothers and sisters we must remember that the rich wise fool did not cheat or stole his wealth he certainly worked very hard but he failed to recognize that god gave the increase and this could be our own failing today too in all that we do we must do well to acknowledge god the rich man's anxiety about the insufficiency of his band illustrates in some ways our own obsession with how we handle our assets as we invest them safely and don't get me wrong this is not to say that we should be irresponsible or wasteful but we must be on our guard so as not to be carried away why trying to do that because god's economy is different from the economy of this world jesus christ said this in luke chapter 12 verse 15 beware Keep yourself from covetousness, for a man's life doesn't consist of the abundance of the things which he possess. And my friends, as I conclude, it's important that we remind ourselves that the point Jesus Christ is making in this parable is to bring us to that place where we can see the bigger picture and as a result dismantle the individualistic culture that we are so used to. Finally, the gospel of Jesus Christ teaches us that real joy and wisdom comes through serving others with what we are fortunate enough to receive from God, who is a giver in the first instance. My challenge to my listeners today is perhaps to give more and even leave a legacy for God's work after you are done. And let us not combine wisdom and foolishness as demonstrated by the rich, wise, and foolish man. Join me as I pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for this time and the word that you have brought to us. Lord, as we consider these things, Lord, I ask that you help us, God, to be wise, that our wisdom will be based in you, God, and help us to use the resources that you have given to us judiciously, God, and to be able to serve our fellow human beings until the day you call us home. And I thank you, Lord, because you are a prayer answering God. As I seal this prayer in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Creator, giver of all things, all I have is yours, except my humble offering all I have is yours 
listening to the NUMA podcast. This has been the Reverend Michael Angeli Oguche. I pray that God will richly bless you until I come your way again.